Hey, it's good to be with you. Welcome here. Uh, we're in our Ephesians series, and it's called Insanity, Living Out Our Calling in a Crazy World. You may notice that um, the word insanity has been spray-painted behind me. And yes, we are in our church. And yes, that is our wall. And uh, don't freak out, it's all right. Uh, because we were going to paint that wall gray anyways. Uh, in the next few weeks. And we thought before we did that, let's have some fun with it. Let's invite a tag artist in from the Edge Skate Park, YFC in Winnipeg, and uh, ask if he can do this. And yes, he can, and yes, he did. Uh, so we're excited about this series. We're excited about this Ephesians series. We have had some God moments uh, in the prep this week that have been really... I think really encouraging and affirming that when we stay in the Word and when we read the Bible together and we're available, that God moves. And so we're excited for this next six weeks in this series. Intro last week. Our intro last week, we uh, were in a yurt in the woods. And kind of just pulling back, not from reality, but from the crazy world around us. And... We talked about what we believe matters. We talked about, uh, or I talked about, uh, the Capitol Hill riots. Talked about the pandemic a little bit. Just really the insanity of the world around us. And, how, and what we believe matters. Because when we are deceived, it can take us into some pretty dangerous directions. When we deceive others, the same is true. Um, so what we believe matters and how we believe what we believe matters because two people can believe the same thing but you place an emphasis here and an emphasis there and uh, we can come into very different um, we can arrive at some very different locations at the end of those uh, journeys of life so in Ephesians it's going to be really helpful for us the first three chapters of Ephesians Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus the first three chapters are about what we believe uh, Paul outlines how this looks um, this is truth and then the last three chapters chapters four five and six Paul talks about this is how uh, you live this out so that's what we're gonna do for the next six weeks and you'll notice that there are six words uh, behind me. You might not be able to see them all. Um, but in the intro, you would have seen them all. Or at least you saw the word intelligence. That's our I-N word for this week. And the word intelligence is the ability to acquire and apply knowledge and skills. And here, for our purposes today, the ability to acquire and apply spiritual knowledge and giving us skills to live in a loving, kingdom, godly-based way in our world. With me? All right, here we go. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Ephesians 1. And we'll start with the first two verses. Greetings from Paul. Um, I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus. And remember, Paul was in Ephesus for two years, so he knows these people. And he cares about them. I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. Right off the bat, um, to the holy people, really, I'm writing to the saints. And what makes people saints? 
the followers of Christ, faithful followers of Christ. If you're a follower of Christ, you are a saint. Do you think of yourself that way? I really do not think of myself as a saint. That seems to be in Paul's words here how God views us. You know, if you've believed in Christ, he has made us holy. It's not how amazing you are or I am. It's how amazing God is. That's what a great start to the verse or to the chapter. And may God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace, which was a really common greeting. Uh, May God grant you grace. May you know God's grace and peace. What a way to to say hello to someone. That's a lot better than, uh, what's up? It's not good at all. Uh, This is like, what if you're like, just how we greeted people, this is a great start. How do we greet people is like God's grace on you. Uh, May you know God's peace. If someone greeted you like that, first you may think, this person's crazy. Uh, But the second part you think about, there's something different about this person. And throughout the series, this series in Ephesians, there should be, I think we'll learn that there should be something different about us um, when we're living out our calling in a crazy world. And then, so God, or um, Paul first says how amazing these people are. And then he goes on for the next six, seven verses about you're fabulous, but God is amazing and you are loved. And he talks about the attributes of God and how God views them and loves these people. Isn't that a great beginning to a letter? You're fabulous. God is amazing. And then we're going to skip to verse 9. God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ. So he talks about that. He talks about the people. He talks about God. And now he's going to talk about this mysterious plan, or another translation would be the divine secret. Who doesn't love a good plan? Who doesn't love a great secret? You know, I'm going to let you in on this secret. I'm going to let you know about, the, about God's mysterious plan for the cosmos, for the cosmos, for the universe, the cosmic universe. Do you want to know what the plan is? Well, absolutely. Would you lean in? Yes, I would. Yes, we would. And he goes like this in verse, uh, verse 10. And this is the plan. And most commentaries, most folks would, have you, would let us know that if you want to know the key verse, this is a key verse in chapter 1, chapter 1, verse 10. And in the next two chapters... This makes it easy to remember. Chapter 1, verse 10, chapter 2, verse 10, and chapter 3, verse 10. Those verse 10 verses, the first three chapters, are key. And here is our key verse for today. Are you ready? And this is the plan. At the right time, he, God, will bring everything together under the authority of Jesus Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth will bring everything together together. That's the plan. And then he goes on to spell the plan a little more, but boy, if you're leaning in and this is the plan, that at the right time, God will bring everything together under the authority of Jesus. That's the plan. Maybe a few more details, please. The message says it like this. God set it all out before us in Jesus Christ, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together, everything in the deepest heaven and everything on planet Earth. The long plan. We are living in this mysterious age uh, of heaven and Earth meeting. Jesus is Jesus showing up in human form, living life here on Earth, dying for our sins, being risen from the dead, rising from the grave, 
and then leaving the Holy Spirit, has now brought heaven to earth and is bringing earth to heaven. And then he invites us to be part of that work. We are now living in this mysterious age of heaven and earth. We live in this dynamic tension of heaven and earth coming together. It's fascinating. It's incredible. It's, let's read on. It blows my mind. Verse 11. Uh, and here's what it says in the message. message. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Those terms, um, it's another I-N word, in. It's all about being in Christ. Ephesians is all about, uh, one of the main themes in Ephesians and throughout Paul's writings is being, remaining, being in Christ. And it's also a theme of Jesus. Uh, remain in me as I remain in you. All about being in Christ. The theme of being in Christ is used 10 times in these verses and 34 times in Ephesians. Now, to be in Christ, uh, to be in something, it can describe a state of being. You can be in love. Um, You can be in pain. Sometimes love can bring pain. Uh, You can be in good health. You can be in trouble. So it's a state of being. You can be in something. It can be about your geographical location. I'm in Morden. Are you in town? If you're from the country, it's always like, are you in town? You can be in Winnipeg, or maybe you're in Mexico. But if you're traveling to Mexico, you probably should not be. It can relate to what you're up to in school. You're in school. Um, You're in a faculty. You can be in the zone. But to be in Christ is something else entirely. I have this soapstone carving from India that I bought. And um, I don't know if you can see this, but this is an elephant. And inside this elephant is another elephant. This elephant is in this elephant. It's kind of the same look has the same carvings on it, and it's incredible, all made from one soapstone. Must be quite the incredible process. They are, they are everywhere, though. You can find them in India. And it's about 25, 30 bucks. Maybe it's worth two, I don't know. I'm sure I got a great deal. And I think of this, what it means to be in Christ. This is an image bearer. This little elephant has the image of the larger elephant. And we too are image bearers of our creator. And this is uh, the right space to be in, is to be in Christ, remain in Christ. It seems like a very safe space to be as well, protected from the outside world. But to be in Christ uh, transports us into a new world. It's not like being just in love or in pain or uh, in a geographical location. Being in Christ reframes everything about our lives. It reframes how I see myself which is a daily struggle, how I see myself. It's like that, if you go back to the Grinch theme at seven o'clock, I have self-loathing. Like you cannot live a life of victory living in that state. And that's not living in Christ. Because right back to that first verse, um, that uh, we are saints, how we are seen, how we are perceived. To be in Christ reframes everything how we see ourselves, then how I see others. All others, neighbor, stranger, friend, foe. It shapes us. And it also shapes our plans, that mysterious plan. Sometimes I think how I view life or how I go about life is trying to get the big elephant into the little elephant. 
my life is big and Jesus in me is a good thing. But it's fitting Jesus' plan into my plan, the cosmic plan into my plan. But how it's supposed to work is that, Lord, whatever the plan is for my life, may I be available and obedient to you. It's not about Jesus fitting into my plan. It's about my plan fitting into the cosmic plan of heaven and earth coming together. Paul then moves into this prayer uh, in verse 15 to 17. And it, it, it's titled in my Bible, Paul's Prayer for Spiritual Wisdom or Spiritual Intelligence. And here's how Paul starts. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus, and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I have not stopped thanking God for you. He thinks of the people and he thanks God for them. I think that's a great, boy, that's something for us to know and learn and incorporate into our lives. When was the last time we have thanked God for people? And to be really intentional with that, um, and just in our prayer life, Lord, I thank you for them. I thank you for them. Thank you, Lord. Open my eyes for who I need to be thankful for. That's how Paul rolls. I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly to pray for others. That's being in Christ. Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom. It's a gift to us. Spiritual wisdom, spiritual intelligence is a gift to us. What a beautiful thing, and I pray that you will have that. Because if we don't have spiritual intelligence, what do we have? We only have our own, which is a very earthly intelligence. We can know many intelligence. We can know many things. We can know about things. But to know the essence of truth, to know the value of people, their intrinsic value as image bearers, to know that we're to be agents of peace and not violence, and why? because of the model that has been shown to us through Jesus Christ. That's spiritual intelligence, that's spiritual wisdom. It's a wonderful prayer. And I pray that your hearts, in verse 18, another beautiful verse, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people, his saints. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. So this, you know, this understanding that without spiritual intelligence, without Jesus Christ, there is a darkness to our hearts. There is a lack of light. But when we believe in Jesus Christ, and we can gain a confident hope, isn't that a beautiful thing? That you can have a confident hope. If you're hopeless right now, you can feel confident that you are loved, that is a follower of Christ. And if you're not a follower of Christ, maybe this is a come to Jesus moment for you and you want to say, Lord, I give my life to you. Jesus, your way is the way and I'm in. And to say that makes you a follower, which then makes you a saint, a faithful follower of Jesus Christ as you now follow the ways of Jesus. Now, for our heart to be full of light I think it's really helpful for us to understand that uh, then there is then a call in our lives. So that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he has called his holy people. I also pray you would understand the incredible greatness of God's power 
for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power. So as followers of Christ, we are now given the gift of power. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the right place of honor at God's right hand. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead is now granted to us. Power is available to us. And um, we talked about this a little bit. We're doing uh, Ephesians daily readings on Instagram. You can go to the website. And usually it's Donovan or I who will be having the daily readings. And uh, for each week we kind of have this broad overview when it comes to these messages. But every day we go verse by verse and we just have a short little reading. But in, in one of the days, I think it's Thursday. Nope, I'm wrong. It's Wednesday. Um, Maybe it's Friday. Uh, We talk about the power that is available to us. And we talk about that power of, like, it's, it's hard to fathom. It's hard for me to understand the power that God has granted to us. And you see it, though, through the power of prayer. And you see to it that it takes power to live a life of faith because it's not in our own strength. It's only through the power of God's Holy Spirit. And that there's this commercial on television, you're richer than you think. I think it's retirement. No, it's not retirement. It is on uh, just banking and hey, we can make your money work uh, and go farther than you think. Well, for this, you're stronger than you think. We are more powerful than we could ever believe because we have the power of Jesus in us through the Holy Spirit. Those are great words for us. Those are great truths for us. So in closing, like if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you know, Ephesians doesn't tell you exactly what job you're going to have. It doesn't tell you if you're going to get married or when or it doesn't tell how many years we have to live or what's going to happen to our children. But it's going to tell us what to believe in Jesus Christ in the gospel message. That's what Ephesians is going to tell us. It tells us how important it is to grow in faith and intelligence and spiritual wisdom. How to grow in our love and our understanding of God. Ephesians is going to show us how to love deeply and then how to stand true, like knowing the truth and living for Jesus. Not being deceived, not being sidetracked into these crazy areas of struggle that we were never meant to enter into but we are going to be agents of peace and to pray and act out the gospel message to go out to a world in need of uh, being people who are filled with light, who have had their hearts filled with light. That's the gospel message of Ephesians. That's exciting. And that matters. So I don't know for today, I think for some reflection, are there any changes that we need to make to our lives to make, it fit in with God's great plan for the universe. How do we be the little elephant in the big elephant? You know, are there any major things coming up education-wise, career-wise, relationship-wise, finances, retirement? I don't know. How do you make way and space for whatever plans we think we have that we make sure they're fitting into the cosmic plan of Jesus Christ, of the mysterious plan, of the divine secret. This week, I don't know, join us Sunday morning. If you're watching this Sunday morning, join us at 11 for 
uh, for Coffee and Tea with Westside and me. Um, there's a Zoom link somewhere you'll find it. Join us Wednesday nights for prayer for Abide. Again, you see how important prayer is uh, and the power of prayer. And join us as we read through Ephesians. If you're behind, read Ephesians 1, and now you're all caught up. Start this week with Ephesians chapter 2. Join us together. Tell us what you're thinking, what God's saying to you. Because it's crazy out there. But Jesus Christ invites us into a very sane way of life. That may look crazy to the outside world. But it's the most beautiful place to be and way to live. Let's pray. So Lord, you are great and you are good. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for these words in Ephesians. Oh, the fact that you think of your faithful followers as saints. Oh, just to be a faithful follower, Lord. Uh, I pray for each and every one, Lord, uh, to, of us. I pray for each and every one of us, Lord, to just give it to you. To recognize your amazing power, your grace, and your mercy, Lord. And to believe that you use us, Lord. And that you have a calling for us in this crazy world. We thank you, Lord. In your name we pray these things. Amen. Go with God. Grow in your intelligence, your spiritual intelligence, and let God lead. Have a great day.